What's good, y'all? What's good, Real Talk Squad? This is Miles. You're listening to Real Talk with Miles Johnson, where you know I always keep it real. This episode, Hoops episode, NBA episode, I got a special guest, my guy Joe Morgan, the host of the Pick a Side podcast. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, I've been on a couple podcasts and nobody can ever seem to get my name right. You gotta tell me what's the how what's the what's the correct way, bro? What's the correct way? So it's Joel. 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 Yeah. You know my and then last name is Moran. My Moran. Yeah. All right, I got it now. Joel Moran, the host yes. of Pick Side Podcast. Welcome, yes. man. Welcome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Like you said before we started, it's been long overdue. I see you doing your thing on TikTok, on Instagram, and I'm glad to be on the show today. For sure, for sure. Let's get right into it, man. Waste no time now. Blockbuster news happened yesterday. Katie, when I first saw I checked my phone, I thought it was a meme. thought it was fake. But he really does want out of Brooklyn. So what were your initial thoughts uh, that came to your mind when you, you know, heard the news that Katie wants out of Brooklyn? I was shocked. I mean, I thought that once Kyrie opted in to his player option, it was a sign that Katie and Kyrie are running it back. They're going to give it one more year. Um, there have been a lot of like different reports that maybe KD asked out because the Nets organization is unwilling to give Kyrie an extension, which is reasonable given how unreliable he's been for the Nets. But I was shocked. You know, I think now you can say definitively that the Nets, this Kyrie KD experiment along with James Harden is arguably the biggest flop in NBA history. There's no other yeah. way to, to put it. Like, this is one of the biggest flops ever, and Kevin Durant is at the center of it. You know, yeah. I think when he chose to go to Golden State, his legacy was already shot because mm-hmm. he chose to join a stacked team. And now, with this happening, with this debacle, with basically quitting on the Nets, yeah. it's not even not even giving them a year of a four-year extension that you basically co-signed. You said you were going to be with the Nets for four more years. I think it looks horrible on Kevin Durant. And yeah. I just, that's really all there is to say about it. It looks exactly. horrible for Gate KD and the Nets. Good thing that they they have him because uh, they have him to trade because they're going to get a lot back from uh, yeah. every team wants Kevin Durant right now, basically. It's like 15, 16 teams came out. They were like, want KD. And I yeah. would too. I mean, I'm a Sixers fan. I would, if to trade Maxi, I would do the same thing. Go get KD. But I'm with you, man. Like, when he left Golden State, I thought this was him, you know, building his own foundation, building his own culture, doing what Bron did, going somewhere else, uh, and establishing your own thing and win the championship. Now he wants to leave when, I mean, the thing about it, just last season, they were really, what, like a couple inches away from being the champs. And yes, this year it was a COVID year. So Kyrie, he was in and out, but that's been resolved now. So now you got a team of you, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. You got a pretty good team. And if you play like the best player in the world, you have a really good shot to win a championship. So when he's so quick to leave this situation, it has me thinking, why would you leave Golden State in the first place? It's like you might as well have stayed in Golden State from the jump if you were going to leave when it's when right right when it gets tough in Brooklyn it doesn't really make too much sense to me if he stayed in Golden State he would have had at least probably two or three more rings by now even that year when Clay was out for the whole entire year it was still you and Curry who's playing at MVP type level so end of the day uh I don't don't know what Katie is really doing here uh but it's interesting to see what the Nets will do you think I'll ask you do you think that they'll be pressured to trade him now or they'll just sit back and, you know, wait, you know, it could come into, you know, next season. What do you think the timetable is for the Nets in terms of when they trade KD and honestly Kyrie too, because they're kind of like a package deal. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant definitely is going to get traded soon uh, just because there are so many offers and so many teams that are calling about him. Um, And they are very good offers. The Nets have already said that they're going to trade Kevin Durant to the team that gives them the best package. So KD's not picking his team. He doesn't have a no trade clause, so he can't hold out on where he wants to go. But you look at some of these teams like the Pelicans. 
they can offer Brandon Ingram, young players, multiple picks. And now the Pelicans have KD, CJ, Zion, which sounds like a nightmare in the West. The Suns, A.N., Cam Johnson, Mikel, some picks. You look at Minnesota, they're a team that I wouldn't sleep on. Maybe is there a D'Lo and Brooklyn reunion with first-round picks and some young players packaged in there. The Sixers are a team to look out for. Tyrese Maxey, Thiable, Tobias. So there are just so many offers out there that teams are going to make the Brooklyn Nets that I feel like they're going to make the decision fairly soon. When it mm-hmm. comes to Kyrie Irving, I don't think there's any team that wants Kyrie right now. I think, and it's pretty odd because Kyrie is one of the more talented players that this league has ever seen. Yeah. And I've never seen it so that teams don't want a player this talented, but it just goes to show how much baggage Kyrie comes with. It's either that he's injured. It's either he's not taking a vaccine, which, okay, that's fine. That's his beliefs, but understand that does affect your team. And especially in the city that they played in Brooklyn where they had the mandate uh, and also Kyrie's comments in the past of, you know, um, they don't the nets don't need a coach bro once they said that bro i was like i should have known then it, it was raps then because yeah. he carried that mindset with them yeah uh, with practice and with how they carry themselves with games and all that so that mindset uh this really is the reason why the nets are you know gone and I, you know a guy like james harden Feel like people gotta owe him an, an apology now. People gotta be like, all right, yeah. you know, maybe you maybe you saw something there that we didn't all see back in February. And as a Sixers fan, I was happy. I, you know, I was happy, but I was thinking to myself, why would he leave Katie and Kyrie? You know, you know, mm-hmm. you can still, you know, you can still do something. It's probably still better than Joel Embiid and you know, a young Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. Why'd you leave that? Now we know why it was probably so dysfunctional that he just had to bolt out. Uh, so what would be one team that is the favorite in your eyes to get uh, or KD first and then I guess Kyrie second? Yeah, I do think the KD one happens first and then Kyrie's like the domino that happens after uh, because everybody right now is just worrying about getting Kevin Durant. I think the Pelicans have the best offer. I look at the Suns and yes, mm-hmm. they have DeAndre in. They have Mikel, they have Cam Johnson, but who's Mikel Bridges? Very good 3 and D player. Uh, he's a great role player, but that's all he's going to be in the NBA. Cam Johnson, very good role player. DeAndre Ayton, he's a good center, but he's not a great center. I wouldn't call him a top five center. And I think that the motor issues are very real and concerning. So I think you look at the Pelicans, I mean, they have Brandon Ingram, who is an all-star. You can package him with Trey Murphy or a Herb Jones, maybe a Jose Alvarado, uh, multiple first-round picks that they have from the Lakers still from the Anthony Davis trade. Mm. So there are so many different avenues that the Pelicans can go with to acquire Kevin Durant. Now, I think they have the best package personally, but the three teams that I've often like talked about getting Kevin Durant are, of course, the Suns and Heat. Uh, but the, he would have to offer Bam and like Tyler Hero and somebody else. And even Bam out of Bios contract is tricky. And yeah. then you look at Portland. I think Portland also has an intriguing offer. Anthony Simons, a, a young budding star at the point guard position. And then you can get Shaden Sharp as well, who has arguably the highest potential in his draft. So mm. there are just so many offers for the Nets. It just depends on where they want to go. Do they want to try and compete? Because their, their roster isn't bad. If they trade Kevin Durant and they get two all-stars like they want back, like that's what they said they wanted back. Yeah. You have Ben Simmons, you have two all-stars, you have Spacing and Joe Harris and Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, the team isn't bad. I, I don't think, I think the Nets can still make the playoffs depending yeah. on the return they get um, with the Kevin Durant trade. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how, like what, specific players they want in terms of how they build around Ben Simmons. Uh, I think it, it sounds crazy now, but there was a point where people were like, you know what, in Philly, you have a guy in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons who might not be the best pairing together, but if you have Ben Simmons by himself, build around him, put some shoes around him, you know, maybe they could uh, have something, you know, maybe he could make something shake, kind of like a Giannis yeah. type of thing. 
Now, he doesn't have that dog that Giannis has, which I don't think it will work. Uh, but, hey, maybe he snapped. Maybe Ben Simmons snaps out of it. He got Seth Curry there. They got Joe Harris. You know, maybe they end up getting, you know, a, a, you know, a shooter. Like I'm, I, I guess I would say I like Fiance's package, although I know that the Nets would be – if they're going to give KD what he wants, they're going to want Devin Booker back. Uh, not do it. Yeah. Will they – Will they uh, hold firm on that? We'll see. But I think uh, Phoenix is, is is definitely a viable option. Uh, I like I like the I like the Pelicans pick. I think the I think the Celtics if they can if, if they want to give up Jalen Brown, uh, that's the best mm-hmm. prospect. Uh, maybe aside from Devin Booker, that I think that they can get in terms of player right now. Uh, and so I will look at that. I will look at that specifically with Jalen Brown and, you know, pair him up with a guy like Ben Simmons. Now you got a guy, Jalen Brown, he can close games. So in Ben Simmons, his problem was, I mean, he couldn't, he wouldn't even attempt to shoot, never mind, you know, close games. But you got a guy in Jalen Brown who can close games. He's proven that. You know, he proved that on the, in, in the finals was just, you know, overmatched there. But, I think that Celtics, you know, trade something they could be looking for, but it's all up to if Brad Stevens wants to pull that trigger or run it back. Uh, so there's a plethora of trades. I think the I think the Heat one, see, they would give up so much. It's like, all right, it's only KD and Jimmy Butler, you know, and then a bunch of, you know, I guess I have to fill up fill up the roster. So I like the I like the Phoenix trade. I like the Celtics, uh, the 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 Lakers trade. Uh, there's no way in hell the Nets is doing that. Nah, there's no way in hell. I mean, AD proven to be injured. Russell Westbrook, nobody wanted him. I don't see that. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I want to segue, though, uh, to other fantasy moves. We saw that Jalen Brunson, your Knicks. Uh, are those your Knicks or are you a Nets fan? Knicks or Nets? I'm, an, I'm a Knicks fan. Knicks, Knicks fan, fan all the way. Yeah. Knicks fan all the way. All right, for sure. Yeah. So. What was your so? How do you feel about the 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 Knicks? Everybody's saying that they overpaid for yeah. Jalen Brunson. They kind of moved mountains to clear up cap space for Jalen Brunson. I, I saw your TikTok. There's probably 15 point guards. We could probably name them. Yeah. That's better than Jalen Brunson right yeah. now. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Knicks? Really going all in. You know the ties between Brunson and the GM. His dad's a uh, coach on the team. So what's your thoughts on them pulling the trigger and grabbing Jalen Brunson? I love Jalen Brunson and I love that we got him. The reason why I went and got my box brace today was to honor Jalen Brunson signing with the Knicks. Ah. That's why I got him. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding on that, but um, I think the Jalen Brunson slander is unwarranted and people that aren't familiar with how good he is they're the ones that are slandering this move by the Knicks because just to talk about some NBA players that have talked about Jalen Brunson since this contract happened, because NBA Twitter's calling it an overpay. Mikel Bridges tweeted, you guys really don't know how good JB it really is. And he wasn't talking about Jalen Brown. He's talking about Jalen Brunson, even though Jalen Brown is better. I understand that, but he was talking about Jalen Brunson. Desmond Bain co-signed that and was like, yeah, he's a dog. And a TikTok clip just popped up on my feed earlier um, from the Deuce and Mo show. Shout out to them. Davion Mitchell, the guy that they call off night because he's so great defensively saying Jalen Brunson is one of the toughest guys that he's had to guard. Mm. So Jalen Brunson, he's it's a four year, $106 million deal. He's getting paid $26 million annually. He's going to be the 13th to 14th highest paid point guard in the league, uh, top 15 highest paid point guard in the league. Is he a top 15 point guard? No, he's not. Uh, Does that mean that he's not a great player? It does not. It means that the point guard position and the guard position in the NBA currently is the most stacked in in, in the NBA right now. I mean, the 20th best guard, the 20th best point guard is a borderline all-star. Like yeah. D'Angelo Russell is not a top 15 point guard. Nope. He made an all-star game a couple years ago. So the point guard position is so stacked. It's like the receiver position in the NFL mm. where the 21st best receiver in the NFL is capable of a thousand yards in a pro bowl level season. Mm. That's, that's how the point guard position is in the NBA. What we know about Jalen Brunson is that he's 90th percentile at the basket. He's one of the better finishers in the NBA. 
um, without Luca in 17 games in the regular season, he averaged 20 points, seven and a half assists per game. In three games that Luca missed in the playoffs versus the Jazz, Jalen Brunson led the Mavericks to a 2-1 series lead and was averaging 31 points, five rebounds, and five assists. So this guy is not a slouch. It's not like Luca made Brunson. Brunson mm. is actually better when Luca is not on the floor with him because their play styles clash. Brunson needs the ball in his hands. And now in New York, where you're going to have that type of role, he's going to be the lead guard. I think it's going to make Julius Randle's life a lot easier. It's going to make RJ's life a lot easier. I'm a Knicks fan. Last year, our point guards were Kemba Walker, who's washed, and Alec Burks, who's a shooting guard, small forward. He's not even a point guard. And then the year before, when we were, when we were the fourth seed, Alfred Payton was our starting point guard, and he's not even getting minutes on the Suns right now. The Knicks finally have a good point guard, and we're getting better. The goal of the offseason is to get better. Does Jalen Brunson make us better? Yes. Does he make us playoff locks? No, he does not. Does he mm -hmm. give us a chance to be in the play and to make a playoff push? Absolutely. And it's the same thing with the Hawks and DeJounte Murray. Like, DeJounte Murray doesn't make the Hawks automatic six, a top six seed. He doesn't make them an automatic top six seed, but he gives them a better chance. He, he makes them better. Brunson I'll makes us better. We still have five first round picks next year, next year's draft. Um, we have a really good talented young core, RJ Barrett, just re-signed Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, OB Toppin, Cam Reddish is still there, even though he's on the trade block. Like the Knicks are trying to win now, but we also have assets uh that we should be hopeful for in the future. So mm -hmm. I love the Brunson move in. Is it a slight overpay? Yeah. But, you know, he's getting paid as like the 14th, 15th highest paid point guard. He's like the 18th, 19th best point guard. That's not a massive overpay. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. It's I do not like Russell overpay. Westbrook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, no like Russell Westbrook was going to pay 47 million. 47 mil. 47 million. Think about that. Uh, no, I do think it's an overpay. But you think about two years from now, uh, 25, 27 million. 27 million dollar year contract will probably yeah. look like uh you know a good contract you talk exactly. about the way the nba is going uh so right now it's overpay thinking about even in the future they see how they paying guys i mean anthony simons he got what four years 100 million yeah so it was like you know he's getting paid 25 million he had he like just started this whole season that's because they trace cj mccollum they you know dame has been out uh and so you know and is he a top 15 top you know is he a top 15 point guard no i don't think so right He's not so no i i know i definitely agree that you know it is an overpay uh, but you gotta see where the market is going right now for guards they're getting that bad they're getting that bag uh and i i hope that the next cba they don't like you know, with that way that Kyrie, Ben Simmons, KD, how, how these like different stars and wanting out, wanting out, one trades if they'll, you know, not have as many you know guaranteed contracts, if they have more stipulations in your contract, uh, you know, I guess it'll be up to the owners and the players. Uh, but you know, the way that the market is going now, if you're a point guard, top 15, heck, even top 20, there's gonna be teams running after you. Mm -hmm. With the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey. He's gonna get paid in three or two years. He, he's yep. he's gonna get paid. Uh, so it doesn't really matter if you talented point guard, you can go ahead and get that bag. So I hope. What I will say is, if all of this, if they're paying them all this money and they're still in the plan, it's a fail. They gotta at least make the playoffs. At least make the playoffs. If seven seed, you know that that would be ideal. I could see that for the Knicks if everything goes right, be a seven seed. Uh, but if if all of this is just is just to be in the playing, you might as well just start from scratch. Trade Julius Randle. I'm not too high on him. I'll be honest. I'm not too high on him, especially the way he was acting. Uh, our our you know way he was acting during the this season. You would know a little bit more than me as a Knicks fan. Uh, as he was, you know, talking about the 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 booze and all that. Uh, so I'm not the biggest fan of him. But if you can add another piece to that uh to that Knicks roster. Uh, then I think they can really, you know, solidify themselves as a playoff team. But we gonna see, we gonna see. 
Next, man, I want to talk about Jazante Murray. Honestly, I saw that he got traded to, to the Hawks, um, go to school in Atlanta. I'll probably be at some Hawks games later this season. I wasn't too high on it because I don't see how Trey Young and Dejounte Murray work long term. If you think like the recent, recent, recent successful backwards, uh, thinking of Chris Paul, James Harden, both of them could shoot well. Chris Paul could shoot well. James Harden could shoot well. Uh, on the other side, with Trey Young and Dejounte Murray, Dejounte Murray is a hell of a defensive player, one of the best defensive guards in the league, probably top five, top three, but his shot, he, he shot 32% from three. So, so, so when I think about the way that they're going to trade off in terms of who's dribbling, the, you know, you know, both of them have had high usage rates. Who's going to, you know, carry the load offensively. Sometimes I think when, when Trey young has the ball, I don't see DeJounte Murray living up to his full potential as a player, as, as he can be. I think he's the best as he can be when he has the ball in his hands. But I'd like to know your thoughts on the, the trade, how you think it's going to work. Again, I think that, yeah, you kind of alluded it a little bit earlier that best they can really be a sixth seed, you know, like, you know, really like that's fifth seed maybe, but I think, you know, their, their ceiling is like, it's like a sixth seed first round exit. But I'd like to know your thoughts on that trade and if you think that pairing of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young can work long-term. Well, for one, I think the Spurs getting three first-round picks back uh, for DeJounte was huge, and they're obviously going to tank this year. They're going to try to get Victor Wembanyama, who most teams should honestly do. Mm -hmm. Um, But DeJounte and Trey Young, I I like it because defensively they can now, you know, um, they can hide Trey Young more, and now he won't get picked on in the backcourt. I yeah. like that they just traded Kevin Herter too. So now Justin Holiday, who comes in, is a, a better defender and spot up shooter. The Kings uh, got that, fleece. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That also works as well. But offensively, I think the concerns are warranted. You know, Trey Young is an on ball player. He has an insanely high usage rate. DeJounte isn't quite to that level, but he has still been his most productive in the NBA so far when he's had the ball in his hands. Um, but he's now the co-star. You know, last year, DeJounte was the best player on the Spurs, rightfully so. There was nobody else that was really close to him. Mm-hmm. But you look at the year before that, uh, DeMar DeRozan was there. And when DeMar DeRozan was the first option and DeJounte was the second, DeJounte was a 16-point-per-game scorer with, like, seven rebounds and seven assists. So I expect him – I expect his numbers to dip. I think this does help Trey Young, though, because now he gets to play off ball more. He gets to uh, get less defensive attention on him. And defensively, you can mask him. But the ceiling for the Hawks really isn't anything crazy. You know, DeJounte Murray doesn't move the needle. If this was a clock, he moves it one, not like 12 to six. It's not a big time move that makes the Hawks contenders. Can they get out the first round? Yeah, maybe depending on the matchup. But I don't view them as legitimate contenders or conference finals uh, contenders either, you know, getting to the conference finals. This move was like just a whatever move. You know, I think DeJounte Murray is a fine player, but ultimately his contract is up in two years. He's getting paid 17 million right now, which is a bargain for the type of player he is. But in two years, let's say he's an all-star, you're going to have to pay him 35 to $40 million a year. And DeJounte Murray, Trey Young, if that is your core, if that is your duo for years to come, I don't think that's a championship duo. And the Hawks core right now, when you look at their team, they have some young players. DeAndre Hunter's still there, but he's always hurt. But even then, DeAndre, yeah, like DeAndre Hunter doesn't have star potential, though. Mm -hmm. A.J. Griffin is good. Does he have star potential? I don't think he has that type of ceiling. And then Clint Capella, like I I really don't see the young talent on this team that the Hawks can count on to really turn into a star. And they're two solidified stars in Trey Young and DeJounte. Trey is a a superstar, but DeJounte is a fringe Mm all-star. And that top two duo, I don't think it it worries anybody. No, I actually, I I actually, I like the package they got from, the the Kings, I feel like the Kings got fleeced. I'll be uh, and like they had they gave up Justin Holiday. People sleep on him. He's you know he's Drew Holiday's brother. He's pretty good yeah. though. He's, he's pretty good. You know more heartless. You know 
uh, and and a first round pick though too, so they can use that first round pick to package that with like a you know a, a, you know, a John Collins, you know, do a little sum there. So you know if they can if they can trade John Collins for something or Clint Capella, you know if they can or or or, or DeAndre Hunter, if they can trade one of them uh, for another wing that can shoot to space the floor out, especially yeah. when uh, Trey Young has the ball or when. DeJounte Murray has the ball as well, have five out, four out, you know. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, another trade, this probably isn't going to be the Hawks team that we see currently constructed coming into next season. I think they got another move up their sleeve. Uh, and speaking of moves uh, up their sleeve, the Sixers, my Sixers, they, Daryl Morey, I feel like he's completely just changed life in Philly. Uh, when you talk about, when he got there, you have a team with Al Horford, Josh Richardson, paired up with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The pain was clogged up. He said, you know what? I'm going to flip Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. I'm going to flip Al Horford for Danny Green. And then, I, I, you know, me and James Harden were real tight. I'm going to get James Harden for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and, and some picks uh, and end up basically, I, I'm, I'm joking about it, talking about, you know, they're the Philadelphia Rockets now. They didn't got PJ Tucker back. They didn't got, you know, Daniel House back. Uh, it's kind of like the 2018 Rockets all over again. Um, and so what do you think about the Sixers moves, uh, you know, from the, uh, you know, from the start of free agency, uh, you know, with James Harden opting out as well. He said, you know what, basically I'll take a 15 to $10 million pay cut uh, to, you uh, try and win this championship in this championship window he has with Joel Embiid. Uh, how do you think the Sixers stack up with the teams in the East? And do you have them as, as a true top contender with the moves that they made? I think they're a top three team in the East. Boston getting Brogdon and Gallinari, that was huge. And for me, they're, they're the favorites in the East because of those moves. The Celtics, um, the favorites yeah. in the East. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I, I can't bet against Giannis, but I'll let you go on. I'll let you go on. Milwaukee, you know, they're always going to be there. And then Philly's three, you know. I yeah. think Embiid, MVP candidate. I do think James Harden goes back to James Harden this upcoming year. Now that he has an offseason to fully train and not have to recover from a hamstring injury, I think he's going to be better. And this team, the roster – it has enough depth and star power to the point that Harden can rest during the season and he doesn't have to take on a, a huge load. And there's been a positive correlation in Harden resting and then coming back and playing at an all NBA level. So I think that will be huge. PJ Tucker was a great signing. Daniel house was a great signing. Um, I think the Anthony Melton getting him via trade was a mm -hmm. great trade because he's such a defensive. Uh, he's such a good defensive point guard. This roster construction is perfect for not only Harden's play style, but Embiid. You now have floor spacers. You now have good defenders at the wing position, which is needed, especially in the East, when you have to go up against Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Giannis, Middleton. So I, I don't think Daryl Morey's done. I think there's still much more moves to be made, uh, maybe trading Tobias. Maybe yes. that's like the next move that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh -huh. But. I love the way Philly is trending. And I think if Harden can get back to his former self, they have a realistic chance at winning a championship. Yeah. And I think they have this, you know, a two year window. You got Embiid mm -hmm. who's 28, but he is injury prone. You got a guy in James Harden. He's around well, what? 32, 33 years old. You know, he has a couple of years left until he, really, really declines too. So they got this two-year window. I think that they'll definitely, it's up to them to maximize it. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that it's James, I'm glad that James Harden has the mindset of, you know what, I'm not going to try to collect every penny from the Sixers I already declined a, a, contract, a contract extension from, from the Rockets to go to, to the Nets. And I left KD and Kyrie, you know, I had the mindset now I'm trying to win a championship. And I think if he wins a championship, with the Sixers, we forget about all the failures in Houston, all the failures, you know, that he's had, the failure this postseason. I feel like 
he he missed you know he he lost a step a little bit but he choked he, he flat out choked 11 points in a, a game six like that's just flat out unexcusable so you know i think he he's motivated he has a lot he has, he has a lot to prove his legacy in the next two years is kind of really on the line right now he can change that though uh but you know i love the moves that they're doing i think daryl Morey's a, a top three gm in this league with the, the moves that he's made uh to really just like change this you know roster around i feel like Embiid should be thankful to daryl Morey because the way that they were headed before he got there they were about to like waste joel Embiid's prime and now they yeah. really got a team around him uh that can really do some and you know speaking of james harden resting during the season uh, you got a guy in Tyrese Maxey who I think will take that next leap to become a superstar. I, I think the Sixers will, or not a superstar next year, but but an all-star next year. Um, and I think that especially during the regular season, you'll see Tyrese Maxey take an extra load. He's he's around 21 years old. He can really, you know, run with run with these guys during the regular season. Then come to playoffs, you'll see James Harden. He'll, he'll, he'll have to. That's the only way that they can win a championship is if he steps up and, and yeah. rise to the occasion uh, and I believe he'll do that same with Embiid Embiid has gotten like real tired like I noticed that he like runs out of gas at, at, the, end, at the end of the seasons and honestly sometimes in the in, in the regular season too in terms of he'll be top notch the first three quarters then come the, the fourth quarter you know he ends up you know getting injured or he ends up being tired and all this so uh, to be able to pace themselves throughout the uh, season as well uh, is key to the Sixers team, uh, you know, becoming champions. I want to talk about also Bradley Bill. So I got, I had, I made an episode talking about how I really don't blame Bradley Bill at all. He's a guy that I don't even think that he's a top 15 player in this league. Friends fit top 15 player in this league, definitely not top 10. Uh, but when we talk about guys that you expect to win a championship, uh, you, you don't, the guy like Bradley Beal doesn't pop up in my head. I think of guys like Giannis. I think of guys like Steph Curry. I think of guys like Kawhi, KD, Jokic, and B. Those guys. I don't really think of Bradley Beal, even Dame. I don't think of I don't think of guys like Bradley Beal that they have to win a championship. So I think when the Washington Wizards are gonna give him that max extension, why not take it? And you see the way that the NBA is trending now. You can get a deal, guarantee contract, and end up getting a trade. That's exactly what uh, KD has done. That that's what Anthony Davis has done. That's what James Harden has done. That's what Kyrie has done in the past. That's what a lot of players. That's what Kawhi. I mean, like a lot of these guys have done this. So why not get your guarantee money now, and then in two years, if the Wizards, you know, are tired of what's going on, Westbrook as well. I mean. He should not be making $47 million, but the reason why he's making that money is because OKC, you know, they gave him that contract extension. So do you think that it was uh, smart for Bradley Beal basketball wise to stay in Washington? Would, would you have liked him to go elsewhere? What's your thoughts on the Bradley Beal situation? Bradley Beal is going to do what Bradley Beal does. He's going to get paid and lose. That's what he <laughs> always does. I mean, this isn't surprising. Like, I, this is why whenever Bradley Beal, like, there was topics that came up about, you know, where should he go? I thought it was pointless because he's not going to go anywhere. He's going to stay in Washington. This He's been saying it the entire time. I yeah. will say this. This current Washington team is better than those in years past. They got Chris Haas-Porzingis, who played well in Washington. You still have good wing depth in Rui Hachimura, Denny Advia. Um, Daniel Gafford at center. They just brought in Monte Morris, who is a solid, reliable point guard. Will Barton is coming via trade as well in that deal. And Bradley Beal's there. Um, there is no reason why the Wizards shouldn't make the playoffs if Bradley Beal is so good, right? Because actually, like my first viral video ever on TikTok was me saying Bradley Beal wasn't a top 15 player. And this was the season, his first season averaging 30 points per game. Because I basically said, this is rare. You know, this is rare that somebody who's leading the NBA in scoring is not a top player in the league. He's not a top 15 player in the league. Yeah. And people gave me a lot of backlash for that. And now it's kind of universally known that Bradley Beal is not top 15. He is about yeah. to be the highest paid player in the NBA. He has one playoff win. 
I think in like the last five years. <laughs> so Bradley Bill is going to do what Bradley Bill does. He's going to get paid and he's going to lose. So yeah. we have to stop throwing out these memes of, oh, free Bradley Bill if the Wizards start to suck. No. Because he chose this That's for what himself. he wanted. He's had opportunities to leave before. He hasn't. It's clear he loves Washington. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Washington doesn't seem like the city you, you should really want to be in or love that much. It's not like New York or L.A. or California or Texas or whatever. But, yeah, Bradley Bill, you know, I'm not surprised. And he's just going to continue to lose. I, I wish, given his talent, he would have went to a team that can compete. But, you know, this is what he's chosen for himself. Yeah, and I think, honestly, from Bradley Bill, I'm also thinking – why would I take less money to go to yeah. a team when it's not guaranteed I'm going to win a championship, you know? So, uh, you know, certain players got that mindset, you know, I want to win championships. Other players, they're just trying to get paid. NBA is a job. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work. I'm a, you know, he worked for this contract. People can't say he didn't deserve it. Right. So he deserved it. Well, uh, well, it could be an argument to say he, if he really deserved it. Actually, when you talk about one playoff win and all that, I, don't, I wouldn't. If I'm the Wizards, I'd probably restart. But I mean, you got Christoph Porzingis. You no, know, you you made some you made some trades. You got Monte Morris. Uh, you got some. You got Berton. So you got some shooters around there. So I see them being eighth seed, ninth seed around there. You know, around there. And, and if if Kristaps ends up, you know, stepping up, then we have a you know have a have a, a different story there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't really see too much from them. But you know, NBA is a business. Go get your bread. Now we're gonna talk about the Clippers and then get into our top five players uh, and then uh, our dark our dark horses in the NBA next season. I know there's still moves to be to be made. Uh, but first, with the Clippers, do you think that they are the favorites out West now that John Wall has joined them? I think they should be. Um, they should be. I was going to have the Warriors at one, but given they just lost Otto Porter, Kayvon mm. Looney's a free agent still. He hasn't signed yet. I'm not sure where he's going to go. Um, you also lost Gary Payne the second. Juan Toscano Anderson, who I know didn't play in the playoffs, but was pretty good in his minutes that he played in the regular season. Uh, the thing with the Warriors is that the Warriors are going to have to rely on like so much young players. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, uh, Jordan Poole, hopefully getting significantly better from last season. Uh, so they're going to have to rely on a bunch of young players where I feel like the Clippers have established talent and they have two elite players, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Then the complimentary pieces, Zubach, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, John Wall, Luke Kennard. Like the, the Clippers, they have 12 legit players that are not only good, but they are veterans and they know how to win. And they've been in these atmospheres. Um, those players on Golden State, did they win? Yes. But Kamingo wasn't playing in the playoffs. Uh, Wiseman hasn't played in a while. Uh, Moses Moody didn't play much in the playoffs, so that environment is still new to them, at least in-game experience. So that's where I feel like I give the Clippers an edge, at least talent-wise, they should win. I feel like we said this in a bubble year that they were the favorites in that year, and then they choked a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. They should win the championship this year. I think the Clippers, they have the depth, they have the star power. There's really no reason for them not to make the finals this year, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I think that, again, everything indicates with the roster, uh, the moves that they made, the Clippers should be the favorites, or at least talent-wise. Uh, but I just believe in Golden State. I believe yeah. in their championship experience. I believe in their best player, Steph Curry, more than I believe in Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers' best player uh, to deliver. Um, and – I will say is uh, if they don't make the conference finals, like it would be like a, a disaster, like complete disaster. And honestly, this kind of is a make it or break a year. You got Kawhi, Paul George coming of age. If they can't win, get to the finals this season, you're not making it. Like you're just simply not making because the Nuggets are gonna be too good. The Grizzlies, you know, you know, John Moran is gonna get to that next level. There's too many teams in the West uh, that are gonna significantly improve. Uh, and this is really the season. And I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing 
the dynamic between Reggie Jackson and John Wall. I don't want to cause any dis- dissension, but when you talk about Reggie Jackson, you know, with him and uh, you know Russell Westbrook, you know, there was some friction in OKC about you know really who's that you know top point guard. Obviously, it was Russell Westbrook. Now John Wall, is he gonna be? Does he think that he should start as the point guard? Uh, should you know? Does will Reggie Jackson take that back seat? Will John Wall take take that back seat? I don't know, and I don't know if they have that that leader on their team to hash everything out the way that you know. I feel like LeBron could handle that situation great. This guy like Steph Curry could handle that situation great. I think that, especially with, with your seeing with the way that this how how that whole hold how that whole situation played out in Brooklyn. So you can have a talented team, but if you don't have a leader that's gonna and you know that establishes a culture. Uh, for everyone to follow and get everybody in check, have everybody accountable for themselves, then you know you're 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 only gonna go so far. Uh, so I still have the Warriors, the Warriors with the edge, but the the, the Clippers are right there. And I don't want to say Kawhi. Well, right now I don't think Kawhi's a leader, but he can change that. You know, he can change that. If the you know if the if the Clippers end up being Golden State, I'll come here and I'll say you know I was wrong. Kawhi's a leader. He can lead a team, you know, really to a championship for real, for real. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Paul George, he kind of getting up there. You know, he's had some injuries as well. You got, you got, you got to think about that too. Uh, so, you know, they got some pieces there. You definitely got, um, what they got, Robert Covington. What's the guy that that was from uh, Norman Powell too? Yeah, Norman Powell too. Yeah. So they have they have some size as well. So again, yeah. they have a stacked roster. And Luke Kennard. Uh, I believe Serge is on that team too, so they got some they got some pieces. Uh, but I think uh, having that leader piece uh, is gonna really be the driving factor, whether or not they get over the hump or you know they'll just go back to the same old Clippers that they are. Uh, but I want to get into top five players in the league, top five current players. Uh, I want you I'll, you'll go first, and then uh, I'll uh, go after you. I go back and forth on the top five all the time because it's just such an exclusive list and really the gap between these players isn't really that much anyway. Um, I think number one has to be Steph Curry. You know, I before I've said it, it was Giannis, but Steph Curry is the best offensive engine in the league right now. There's not like, it's by far. He, if there's one guy I want to build my offense around, it's Steph Curry. He's a good defender. Uh, he's got gotten significantly stronger at that. He's one of the more unique players ever in NBA history. He's coming off a championship in a year where everybody doubted Golden State. So I think Steph Curry, to me, is the best player in the NBA. Mm. Number two is Giannis. I think Giannis, his two-way prowess, uh, two-time MVP, finals MVP, NBA champion, he has to be number two. And if he's number one, I, don't, I wouldn't get mad at it. Uh, number three is a toss-up for me. It's between Luka and Jokic. Jokic is a two-time MVP. I will give him that respect. So I have Jokic at three because of that. Uh, Then I have Luka at four, making the conference finals. Him, I think he's going to be the face of the league in two, three seasons. He's going to be the best player, and it's going to be undisputedly. He's going to be the best player. So Luka's at four. And number five, I mean, Kevin Durant, LeBron, is it one of those guys? Ooh. You know, I'd, I'd lean LeBron. Okay. I'd lean LeBron. Okay. So LeBron's number five. And I know people are going to say, oh, how can Kevin Durant be outside the top five? Katie's not better than Steph. Katie's not better than Giannis. I, I don't care that no, Giannis okay. said Katie's better than him. It doesn't matter. No. Katie is not better that than Giannis. That ship is sailed. That ship is sailed. Luka has accomplished more than Kevin Durant in the past three years. He's done more than him. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Jokic, two-time back-to-back MVP. He clears Kevin Durant right now. And then LeBron. I mean, he almost led the NBA in scoring uh, this mm-hmm. past year. He's better than Kevin Durant as well. Yeah. So Kevin Durant is not a top-five player. Hey, I thought I was going to be on an island because I was. I had a pie with my uh, with my friends yesterday. I'm like, Katie's not top-five. People are like, what? He's not top five. I'm like, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? You got swept by the Celtics. Swept. Like, yeah. You call it overreaction. But at the end of the day, the guys I'm by the list have done more with less, 
aside from Braun, but I think Braun has the intangibles that Kevin Durant doesn't have, which I give him that edge. So at number five, again, it's uh, you know, MB. He MB is is dear to my heart, but I gotta give Jokic that respect. Two time MVP, number five, Jokic. Um, you know, I think that once you got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., you know, the Nuggets. Talk about top three teams in the West. Nuggets are right there. They're top three. Talk about number four. I'll go with Bron. I think that his leadership uh, is big, and you know he still averaged thirty points on good efficiency last season. I think that he only played fifty-five games out of eighty-two. Um, you know, obviously it's inexcusable to miss the plan, but if he plays twenty more games, the Lakers would be in the plan. But he made the worst decision ever by wanting to have Westbrook as his teammate. And he's regretting that probably now, but I still have Brown as a top five player. Number three, I have to go with Luca as just like you. I think he's done the most with less in the playoffs. You think about his second best player. His second best player is the guy that everyone's saying is overpaid. A uh, guy who no. isn't, a, isn't an all-star isn't top 15 point guard, maybe friends, top 20 point guard in this league. Uh, didn't have Porzingis anymore. Uh, so, you know, he got Christian Wood now. So I think he has some help uh, moving forward. Uh, but in terms of who has done less with more, he reminds me of a young Bron who's carrying these teams with little, little help uh, by himself. And he takes a lot of the, the load too. Uh, but Luke is number three. Number two, Steph. You know, Steph, the best offensive player in this game. Uh, but the one thing that I have, I have my number two, Simply because of the defense. I don't think his defense is as elite. Again, people underrate his defense, but it's not as elite as his offense. At number one, I got Giannis. Talk about a guy who the most dominant player in this game right now. I mean, the plays that he makes defensively are just like out of this world. And his motor, uh, he he has the motor of Russell Westbrook, but he's smarter and he's more dominant. Uh, and he has that dog mentality, you know, I, you know the, the fact that talk about last, the last finals, he was able to, you know, fight through all, you know, fight through all that, you know, chatter about, you know, uh, you know, fans count from one to 13 every time he went to the free throw line, air, airballing shots. He said, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, still go to the rack and put up a 50 piece in game six. So I think that in the day, Giannis, uh, if I'm starting a team right now, I'm picking Giannis simply because, uh, you know, his dominance, his prowess on both ends of the, of the floor. Uh, but, you know, I will mention Kawhi. I want to see what Kawhi does, too. And, again, uh, you know, KD right now is out of the top five. Again, you can change that. But we're talking about right now, those five players are doing more and they're are, are, you know, doing more in, in their situations than you are, too. And I think if 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 you're leaving the the Nets – then you know you're it's if leaving the nets and you're kind of you're, you're kind of you know hinting that you know what i'm not really that that i'm not really that guy because luca would die to be in that situation right now you guys think uh Jokic would die to be in that, that situation right now heck even bronze so you know i think kd's got a little he's got a little work to do to get back in that get back in that top five and lastly dark horses uh in the nba you know, I still we still got some moves to be made. Is there a you know uh, a fringe AFC last year, or you know a team that was might that might have been slept on last season that you think could end up surprising us? You know, last season that was the Grizzlies um, in the West. Uh, I think the what the Bulls were that surprise team last season um, in, in the East. Uh, so with, with the moves that have been made right now and obviously moves will change uh is there like a dark horse team right now that you're uh got your eyes on in the eastern conference i would say the cleveland cavaliers mm. are re-signing ricky rubio and bringing him back i think it's huge drafting oshay abaji i think is also huge darius garland taking the next step evan mobley i feel like they're the team that's poised to make the playoffs and they missed it last year in the Western Conference, I mean, it's tough because the Western Conference is stacked. I think the Mavericks secure a top three seed this year. Mm. Uh, Christian Wood is going to have a borderline all-star season for sure with Luka. Uh, Minnesota takes a leap. 
I think Minnesota is ready to take that next step. Anthony Edwards, you look at a guy like Jaden McDaniels, who I think is going to be in the running for MIP next year as well. And then the Pelicans, you know, the Pelicans getting Zion back. Uh, people have been way too critical on Zion. Uh, when last time we seen Zion, he was historic. I mean, 27 points a game on historic efficiency. So for me, it's the Pelicans, Cavs, Wolves, and I'm buying stock in the Mavs as a serious contender, as a serious, serious contender in the West. Got you, got you. I like that. I like that. You know, with me, in terms of the West, uh, dark horses, um, you know, obviously, you know, I think that the Nuggets are going to be a serious, serious contender uh, and you know, could push a Clippers team to seven games, could push a Warriors team to seven games and, you know, possibly make something shake, you know, in the, you know, in the playoffs too. Jokic's playing at, at a supreme level. Got Michael Porter Jr. coming back. Got Jamal Murray coming back. Well, hopefully Michael Porter Jr. comes back. We're we going to see. But definitely think that, that they are a serious threat. I think, you know, lower in the seating, you talk about, you know, a team like Portland. They got Anthony Simons. They, they traded for Jeremy Grant. They re-signed your Nurkic. Obviously, these guys have to be healthy. Uh, but if Damian Lillard performs next season like a top 10 player that I know he can be, there's no reason why this Blazers team can't be a, a seven seed, can't be a six seed, can't, you know, end up, you know, moving up if, if everything goes right to being a fifth seed, you know. So I think that they could they could be a team that you watch out for especially if they make some more moves uh, moving forward. And I, I like your pick as well with, with the Pelicans. People forget they made it to the eighth seed, pushed the Suns to six games without Zion. They got CJ yep. McCollum. They got Brandon Ingram. They got Zion. They got Steven Nabs, who's a pretty good you know, center, um, starting center in this league. They got some pieces right there. I like what they're doing. On the east side, I like the Pistons. I like their addition of, uh, Jaden Ivey, they might be a year away, but I think they'll surprise people. I think that they'll get into that playing spot, uh, be able to inch into that eighth seed and really make something shake and have this be the uh, breakout year for Kay Cunningham, have him really step up and live up to expectations as that number one overall pick. He did, uh, he did some work last season, but I think that in terms of efficiency, in terms, in terms of turnovers, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham will take that leap. Uh, and also, I like what the, uh, I would say, I would say the Hawks as a team, but, but they just, but they just, but they just, uh, but they just trade for somebody. I, I like the, I like the Cavs pick too. Uh, but I, I, here's what I'll say. I'll go with the Wizards. I'll say that they can make a push for a six seed if everything goes right, if everything goes right. And, you know, I, I think Bradley Beal, hopefully he's motivated after getting that contract extension. Hopefully, you know, Christoph Porzingis is motivated after failing with the Mavericks. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can make something shake there. Uh, but, I, you know, I think both teams have the upper echelon. is pretty solidified in the East and the West. Uh, but we are going to see Joel... Jo Joel Moran Joel Moran appreciate yeah. that I mean I appreciate you for being on the show man uh it was a pleasure gotta talk some hoops all that and definitely want to have you back on you know later on the season uh you know we talked about NBA today uh but definitely I know you know I know you love your Jets to got to talk about Zach Wilson all that too but again I appreciate you for, for sure on. thank you man I appreciate you for having me you got something great going on man just keep pushing, and I appreciate you having me on the show once again. For sure, for sure. With that being said, y'all, this is Real Talk of Miles Johnson, where we always keep it real. We out, y'all.